Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Betches Media presents Ha ha, laugh, funny Mention it all, a Bravo by Betches podcast We don't say that, but now we said it With me, Dylan Hafer Hold on, check me, boo Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast I'm Dylan Hafer and we are back for another Wednesday It is cold outside, frankly it's cold inside But you know what warms my heart? Talking about housewives Talking about the real housewives of Salt Lake City More specifically Another great episode this week, but first we have some some miscellaneous bits and pieces to get to. First of all, Dancing with the Stars, spoiler alert, but who cares? Congratulations to Ariana on making it to the finale. There was a, 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 she was in the bottom two maybe last night, but then there was no elimination. So she's in the final four couples who are going to dance for the, the mirror ball. Final four couples, final five couples, something like that. But she will be in the finale next week. Very excited for her. I've been sending my little text votes every Tuesday. I haven't been watching the show, but you know, I'll see somebody post about it. And then at like 9 p.m., um, uh, you just go, Ariana, 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 Ariana. And they let you vote 10 times per, uh, per contestant. So I send in my little votes and then I go about my evening. But she's going to be in the finale. But you know who will not be in the finale of, of their show is Tom Sandoval. Because he was eliminated from Special Forces World's Toughest Test this week, a week before the finale. He was disqualified. Uh, There's like an interrogation thing happening. um, And basically, whoever was interrogating them on the show, again, I don't watch this, but but basically they said that he had been like overdramatic and complaining too much over the course of the show. Um, and they also didn't like his white nail polish. So while Jojo Siwa voluntarily withdrew before the finale, Tom Sandoval dis- disqualified. I'm sorry, this show, I, I, I mean, more power to everybody who loves it, but I don't know. Tom Sandoval unfortunately did better than Kenya Moore last season. I, I cannot wait to see which Bravo celebrities they will uh, they will you know put in the fold for next season. But will I watch TBD? Um, but you know who else has been busy this week is one Kim Zolciak Bierman. Now last week I went on a bit of a rant about Kim Zolciak, and I told her that she should be getting her shit together. You know, there's been a lot of um, a lot of issues happening with that family this year. And, you know, she clearly has bills to pay. And so yesterday, I'm on Twitter, I stumble across one of her classic uh, article link clickbait posts. And I can spot them right away. I've I've been at this long enough. The, the text is just all caps. I'm so excited to be a grandma. Pregnant woman emoji, broken heart emoji. And then the image that goes along with it is a photo of her and Brielle making kissy faces and then an ultrasound photo that looks like a fetus <laughs> and up in the corner it sells it says Brielle Bierman wow so right off the bat Brielle must be pregnant right uh, not so not so nobody's pregnant so this takes you you click on the link 
you go to celebuzz.com. And let's see, I'm looking at one ad, two ads, three ads, four ads, five ads, six ads, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. Okay, there are like dozens of ads on this one webpage. And so the headline is, first of all, this is an article from July <laughs> that she posted yesterday. Exclusive. Brielle Bierman says that Kim Zolciak will be the, quote, best grandma. Okay. This is one of those articles where I swear it's designed to give your computer a virus. Because there is, there are two sentences on this page. Oh, baby. Brielle Bierman spilled to us about having kids and how she feels about her mom, Kim Zolciak, becoming a grandma. Okay. So then you have to click a big button that says, continue reading. And then it takes you to another page with perhaps even more ads, if that's possible. There is no writing on that page. Or no, so Baby Fever. Brielle Bierman opened up about having kids in an exclusive statement to Celebas. The 26-year-old also discussed her mom, Kim Zolciak, becoming a grandma, something that they are all evidently excited about. So Brielle went on a podcast last year where she was saying that Kim was begging her to get pregnant so she could be a grandma. Great, 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 great. You know, she also would have been fine with Ariana, her younger daughter being pregnant. Brielle described, quote, she's like, Ariana, come on. Like, one of y'all have a baby. I'll take care of it. I'm like, you're insane. I'm not having kids. <laughs> and then Brielle gave an exclusive statement to Celebas saying, I'm not pregnant right now. But when I am, if I am, she'll be the best grandma. <sighs> like, I'm really... I'm getting a virus on my computer to read that nonsense. Kim Kim has done this over over a long period of time. The only other housewives I can remember seeing do this are Vicky and Teresa. Maybe others have. Actually, you know what? I feel like Brandy Glanville has done this. It's always some dramatic, vague thing that makes you think one thing happened. It's like, I'm so heartbroken, and it'll be a picture of Vicky and her daughter or something and you're like oh my god what happened and it's like vicky reveals that she's heartbroken that brianna won't be home for christmas this year or like something completely unrelated or sometimes it's about a different person entirely like vicky will post one and it's like a picture of another housewives couple and it's like i feel like that's kind of fucked up to use someone it's like doing clickbait about yourself is annoying but like at least you're not getting anyone else involved in your publicity scheme it's it's wild to me. I just, I would love to know what the arrangement is here. Like, is it just for attention or is there money changing hands? Because it's not like a sponsored post, but also there are, it's like Brielle gave an exclusive statement to Celebas. So there's clearly some sort of relationship there. I don't understand why you would be doing this if you weren't getting paid. But then also it's like, what are you getting paid for? Telling them something I don't know. It, it, this economy, I the Bravo economy, truly. My One of my coworkers yesterday was putting together a, a Bravo gift guide that we're going to have. And she was sending me some of the Bravo-themed items that she was finding in Etsy shops. And truly, it it's incredible what people are doing out there in the Bravo-adjacent space. The Christmas tree ornaments that are being made the t-shirts that are available. There are so many, like there, there are some really great creative people. And then there are also some straight up unhinged things that I'm like, if you want that on your Christmas tree, I have questions. 
I have questions. That's all I'm saying. I have questions. But anyway, I'll I'll make sure to share that once once it's live, the Bravo gift guide, because there is a lot of good stuff. But um, wow, I never ceases to amaze me how uh, how wild and creative people's minds are. I do want to talk about in the. <laughs> In a less clickbait uh, direction, there is a great article that came out this morning on today.com. It's a profile of Andy Cohen uh, written by the great Evan Ross Katz. And if you're looking for a little bit of a a long read to get into, I would highly recommend it. Um, It's just interesting to hear Andy kind of muse about Bravo-related things, Housewives-related things. Uh, Evan notes that we are coming up on the 18-year anniversary of Housewives this coming spring. Andy's been at Bravo for like 20 years now. Just a lot of a lot of milestones. There's a little bit more unpacking of the Bethany stuff and that Vanity Fair article that came out a few weeks ago. And it, it's just it's a really interesting um, it's a really interesting look. I think Andy is somebody who is so consistently in the public eye on certain platforms. You know, he's obviously on Watch What Happens Live all the time. He has his radio show. He's doing the reunions. But we don't necessarily get sort of a an outside look or, an you know, an outside perspective on Andy with access to him as much because, you know, when he's hosting Watch What Happens Live or even on the radio, like the quotes that tend to go viral are about the shows that he's producing or about the reunions that he's hosting or things that the, the guests are saying. And so it's it's nice to get a, a closer look at Andy. And there's also some good stuff in there, him talking about his parenthood journey and sort of how he's navigated that, which I think is really interesting. Specifically, he clarified how he is navigating how he, how he does and doesn't post his children on social media, which I had noticed um, when... The Thanksgiving Day Parade, he posted a picture of him and Ben meeting Cher, and he had put an emoji over Ben's face, and I I saw some comments that were like, since when is he not showing him, or like, what you know, what's the decision there? And he clarified that this is something that he has kind of been evolving on, and that he's decided to to stop showing Ben's face on social media and that the last time he posted Ben's face was actually at his Hollywood Walk of Fame ceremony, which was like over a year ago, I think, and that he is likely going to do the same for Lucy, but they're just kind of on their own separate timelines. I guess I don't, I don't necessarily know like why the, why you wouldn't just stop showing both of them at the same time, but um, you know, it's his prerogative, but he specifically said that his mom, Evelyn has been very strongly opinionated in that area and that she has been basically encouraging him and telling him that he should be careful and show less of his kids on social media. And I think that that's a good, honestly, like I support that so much for everyone. Like I see that with, um, there's been a lot of talk online about like family vloggers and like there are like family YouTube channels and influencers who, whose whole thing is like involving their family and their content. And of course it's, it's not like Andy has ever been doing that. Like he's, he's not, you know, Using putting his kids on social media is not like a means to an end for Andy Cohen, but I think just kind of that awareness of like social media being a very charged space, and particularly with what Andy does, like a lot of people have a lot of feelings about stuff that he's involved with, and you know there are people coming onto social media that just want to be like spouting off something about what happened on Housewives, and if you're posting, if you're if you're sharing things about your kids in the same space that you're also sharing things about working with housewives, you're just kind of, you're like co-mingling these two things that 
aren't necessarily always going to be maybe the healthiest to put together. So I am, you know, I'm all for Andy kind of establishing some boundaries there. And, you know, I think it's great that he's been able to continue everything that he's been doing uh, with his kids and, you know, give Andy some space, give, give daddy Andy his space. And if we need to put emojis on, on Ben and Lucy's faces, I don't have an issue with that. Um, it's very, I feel like it's like the chic thing for celebrities to do. It's very Blake Lively. Calling all my honeys. Support for today's episode comes from Honey Love. Whether you're a bride, a wedding guest, or simply seeking everyday smoothing, Honey Love is the go-to for all things shapewear. Honeylove has revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. For a limited time, you can get Honeylove on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com slash MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com forward slash MIA. When talking about shapewear, Honeylove's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their Signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. The superpower short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering just the perfect amount of compression. You won't have to worry about it rolling down, which is unheard of in shapewear, thanks to flexible boning that's hidden in the side seams. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back and thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Move with confidence, thanks to Honeylove. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. Let's talk about Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, shall we? We are 12 episodes into this season. It's kind of hard to believe. We're gearing up for a trip to Bermuda that looks like it might be something special. This week felt like sort of a a necessary reset, like the pre-trip reset, but also we're like putting the pieces into place for things to really go south while we're in Bermuda. So the first sort of half of this episode is kind of like a series of one-on-one meetups that I think is, it's just a great thing to me on Housewives when it's just the girlies getting together to catch up, to level set, to figure out where they stand. And they're, you know, these one-on-one situations, the sit downs, the, 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 the heart to hearts. I think that is, such an important thing because we talk a lot about group scenes and I think group scenes are important. Of course you need like the full cast dynamic. And I, I think when there are certain seasons of housewives that haven't had enough group scenes and you sort of start to feel it, like there's no cohesion. But I think one thing that Salt Lake city can struggle with sometimes is that 
a lot of the time it feels like the women don't have very strong interpersonal bonds one-on-one that it is it does kind of have that feel sometimes of like a group of co-workers who don't particularly like each other and so I think this episode to have Heather going over to Angie's house and they're kind of they're kind of you know recapping what happened last week and then we have Meredith and Lisa's very important one-on-one where they're kind of dealing with a whole other thing that we'll get to and then we have monica going to mary's house and mary is of all things telling monica that she should be the bigger person and taking the high road and you know not letting lisa get to her like i like having these kind of one-on-one check-ins even if it doesn't feel like these friendships are particularly deep and you know uh meaningful angie's house it will never it will never not shock me to see that house because it's just so big and square and empty and cold and like yeah the view is amazing but i just uh, i don't know that house something something dark has happened there i feel but they're recapping they're like okay where did things go left at pioneer day what could have gone wrong was it the wagon game i think it was the wagon game (laughs) i was talking to my friends about the wagon game And what was funny is that normally when they play a shady game, you go around the table and it's like, okay, like one person will say something kind of low key. One person will say something that's like funny. Nobody cares. And then you'll get to the point where somebody says something shady and then it kind of goes left. Lisa saying that she would throw Monica off her wagon was the only answer that we saw in the game. I don't know if that was if she actually went first or if there were more people that went and they just edited it out. But like Heather was like, let's play a game. Who would you throw off your wagon? And Lisa was like, I would throw Monica off my wagon. And then there was no more game. <laughs> so if Heather's really trying to recap in her mind where things went left, it's like, well, things never really were not left. Let's be honest. But Heather says she's realizing that you you just never know what you're going to get with Monica. That, you know, she can be very positive and sweet and and lovely and then a switch flips and all of a sudden she's angry and hard to talk to and yada 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 and who is this reminding her of ding 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 it is jen shaw jen shaw who these days is busy getting the women in prison into shape with her shamazing ab routine according to page six what a what a perfect perfect headline that we got this week but anyway so Heather is starting to get Jen Shaw vibes from Monica and she is trying to learn from her mistakes in the past and not get too sucked in to Monica's, you know, whirlwind of bullshit. We'll see how that goes. I have a feeling, I have a feeling, uh, Heather won't be on team Monica for too much longer, but anyway, Heather wants to figure things out before this Bermuda trip. So she makes a plan to talk to Monica before Meredith's jewelry event that Angie was not invited to. (laughs) It is so it is so perfectly housewives that we have now had two different jewelry events from two different cast members launching two different jewelry lines within what four episodes four or five episodes i'm really curious how um we it, whitney doesn't even seem to to really like bring up that she and meredith have competing jewelry lines i mean i know whitney is whitney's going through it this week we we learned that her close friend Cherry has passed away after uh, having cancer. Really tough. Uh, you know, my heart goes out to her. 
she shows up to Meredith's event, you know, trooper that she is. She wants to be supportive. Meredith is very appreciative. Um, <laughs> not everyone feels the same way. But before we get ahead of ourselves, we got to talk about Meredith and Lisa. So when I saw Meredith and Lisa sitting down with each other, I thought that we were going to get sort of a, I'm so happy we're on a better path. Let's keep going on this better path. Wow, it's crazy how we used to not be on this better path. Things don't really go that way. Because Meredith Meredith comes with um, an agenda. And right away, she asks if Lisa told Angie that Meredith threatened her or threatened to, you know, talk about the husband, essentially. And Lisa is like, oh my God, no, no, no. Of course I didn't say that. I said what you said, which is that I said that she was lucky that you weren't saying what you could have said. <laughs> and she's like, she's like, of course I, of course I didn't say you threatened her. You know, that's a big word. The thing is, I feel like we need to have like a, a group talk. Somebody needs to, like, we need to like take a time out and <laughs> speak to the whole Salt Lake City cast about like, so a threat can actually take multiple different forms like a threat could be if you don't do this I'm going to do that that's yeah that's like a threat but also it could be like "Mm, I know a lot of things and she she better feel pretty lucky that I'm not saying all the things that I know like it's giving threat is it not Meredith is very focused on this like textbook uh, legal definition of a threat. She's like, no, 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 no. I take issue with that word. I, I, I never would have, I never would have done a threat. And Lisa's like, well, Whitney said that you said you could ruin her life if you wanted to. And Meredith's like, well, well, yeah, of course, but I could ruin anybody's life. And so could you. <laughs> this is, this is like peak housewives. The way that Meredith so casually is like, Oh, well, of course I could ruin her life. That's a no-brainer. I could ruin your life. I could ruin Heather's life. I could ruin... Of course I could ruin your life. That's that's implied. But I didn't threaten that I, I would. Of course not. I just said, like, she should be glad that I'm not deciding to ruin her life. <laughs> I love Meredith, but it's like, ma'am, be for real. If you are if you are insinuating or saying or implying that you could ruin someone's life, they're gonna feel a little bit threatened. <laughs> but anyway, nobody's ruining anybody else's life. But Lisa does say that after Palm Springs, she pumped the brakes on her friendship with Meredith because she didn't like the behavior that she saw. And Meredith is very offended that Lisa felt the need to pump the brakes with her, but not with Angie, because she's like, I didn't even do anything. Angie was the one acting like an animal. And I just, I reacted honestly in a a small way, which is so funny because this is the dinner, that dinner in Palm Springs. That's the dinner where Meredith is now talking about how she was possessed at the dinner table. (laughs) Like She's like, I didn't do anything. And then now several months later, she's like, oh yeah, there was a demon inside me at that dinner. She was yelling at Chad, waiter, not security. I mean, that was when she said the rhythm errors and the nastiness. Like, <laughs> I do feel like Meredith sort of wants it both ways. Like she, f- Meredith to me kind of has that problem where 
I think she, I think she sees a little bit of a double standard that when she does something, she's like, well, no, that wasn't a threat. That was me just like clarifying that I know things that could end you, but I'm not going to say them because I wouldn't do that. But then if somebody else did something similar about her and Seth, I do feel like she would see red and like would obviously interpret that as a threat. Like I, I think that's the problem when you're dealing with these kind of like circular issues within the group where it's like, we've all talked about each other's marriages. We've all talked about each other's, you know, businesses. We've all talked about each other's homes, like stuff like this, where there are kind of like similar types of rumors being talked about with multiple people in the cast. It's like, you have to be consistent. And if you're going to participate in it at all, then you can't be mad when other people sort of bring the same energy back to you. And I do think that Meredith has a little bit of an issue with that. But, you know, according to her, she's not the one bringing the tornado and karma comes back. Like, that's a threat. (laughs) Sorry, anytime you're bringing up karma, maybe, maybe you don't feel like you're the one carrying out the karma, but you're still like insinuating that she has something coming to her and it's probably not going to be good. (laughs) I don't know. I really, I feel like sometimes we get too uh, granular with these definitions and it's like, if something contains the spirit of a threat, I think it's a threat, at least in, um, maybe not in a court of law, but in a, in a housewives, uh, tribunal, I think, I think it clears the threshold. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Tonight, only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Does anyone here know the lyrics? Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version. With four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight, only on Disney+. But anyway, Monica goes to Mary's house. Um, You know, this is another... Monica's bringing her a gift. Mary's like... They're, it feels like they're performing friendship. I don't really think these women have any kind of bond with each other. I don't think Mary has any kind of bond with anybody on this cast, but that's, you know, I suppose neither here nor there. But Mary's like, you know, I just had to take some time away because these ladies were making me lose my mind. Um, and Monica's like, oh, girl, me too. And Mary's like, what? Don't lose your mind. It's like, okay, whatever. (laughs) But Monica's just saying that Lisa gets nasty and she's trying to figure out what's the problem with her. It's so funny that both Lisa and Monica claim to have no idea what the other one's issue with them is. And it's like, maybe it's that you're both being horrible to each other. Like there might not be, (laughs) there might not be some like arch, you know, big reason that's like a a thesis statement. It might just be that you both said nasty things to each other. Like, you called her old, she called you ugly, it is what it is. (laughs) But like I said, Mary encourages her to take the high road, which, um, you know, it's just, it's just rich. I want to know, like, why is Mary not at the jewelry event, at Meredith's jewelry event? Meredith and Mary are supposed to be good friends. I get why, I get why Mary is not showing up to everything, but like, 
this is, I think, the second week in a row where we have Mary doing a scene at her house because Heather went last week when they were sitting in the the Floops Castle chairs and then she doesn't show up to the group event hosted by her friend. Like, I, it's very strange to me the, the like, breakdown of Mary's involvement in this season. And I, I assume she's not going on the trip to Bermuda. And then we probably won't really see much more of her. I don't. But then she was at the reunion. It's weird. It's very strange. Like, I, I know that being a friend kind of, by definition, means that you're not, like, required to show up to stuff. But it's weird that she wouldn't show up to Meredith's jewelry thing right i don't know okay enough about mary i can't <laughs> can't do anymore monica and heather have their uh their meetup briefly before before they go to meredith's jewelry event monica walks in with a case of new amsterdam which i guess we will find out later is for her little like rum and pastry display to remind the women that the reason they're going to bermuda is because she has family there a little bit weird all, all around. It's like, you're either going on this trip or you're not. But then she's like, now she's back excited to be like hosting. I don't know. It's strange. Uh, but Monica does apologize to Heather, which, you know, was kind of what needed to happen. Uh, but Heather, you know, tells us in the confessional that she's not going to ignore the fact that she has red flags and alarm bells going off about Monica's behavior, uh, which I think is smart. You know, trust your gut. She's trying to avoid the pitfalls of of Jen Shaw happening once again and, you know, protect your peace, mama. Okay. Meredith's jewelry event. I have, I have a question for the, for the editors, for the producers, because Meredith is explaining when she's setting up for this jewelry event, that this is specifically for her plated by Meredith Marks collection, which is her lower cost, more affordable jewelry line, and she tells us, or she tells her her guests, that the line goes between $50 and $500. And I'm looking on the website right now. And that is true. There's a $325 cuff bracelet. There's a, a $65 ring. There are $55 earrings, uh, $45 earrings. This is, this is affordably priced jewelry. I mean, it's not like Forever 21 cheap, but like it's... It's nice. It's 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 doable. But they're showing us. So I think at this party, Meredith had the plated collection and then she also had her her normal fine jewelry because they zoom in on a couple of price tags while it's like while Meredith is talking about how it's more affordable and so I think they very specifically want us to be like LOL, she's saying it's affordable, but they just showed us earrings that are $1500. And I don't like, I feel like the producers hoodwinked us. They're trying to make Meredith look out of touch. Because yes, Meredith sells, um, you know, Bella eardrops I'm looking at right now that are $5,800. And yes, she sells, you know, bracelets that go for like 19K. Lisa Barlow could get a, a suitable replacement for her 60K ring from Meredith. But the plated by Meredith Marks collection is, in fact, affordable. And I don't like that it feels like the editors were trying to insinuate that Meredith thinks $1,500 earrings are affordable. Justice for plated by Meredith Marks. 
which somebody pointed out on Twitter, it does sound like a meal kit company. <laughs> like it sounds like Meredith is like curating what comes in your uh, ready to cook <laughs> like recipe box. Uh, <laughs> plated by Meredith Marks and it's like meatloaf with mashed potatoes and green beans <laughs> uh, that I would go for that would be worth $1,500 anyway <laughs> back to the actual events of the party so this is like I believe like one day after Whitney's friend passed away, but she, she puts on a brave face. She shows up. Meredith is very appreciative, which was nice to see. Then Lisa comes in and Lisa walks up to Whitney and Heather basically ignores Whitney and then gives Heather like three presents right away. It's like a cannabis candle because her book event was on 420. And then there's some kind of, necklace jewelry situation and Whitney's just like wait what because she and Lisa you know they had their issue a few weeks ago after Lisa was a little bit disrespectful at Whitney's jewelry event but then they talked about it they got to a better place and Whitney reveals that Lisa was the first person she called and told about Sherry passing away so she assumes that when Lisa sees her it's going to be like oh my gosh, are, how are you doing? I, I'm so sorry. I hope you're well. Not only does Lisa not do that, she doesn't even speak to her. She she gives Heather a bunch of presents while Whitney's standing right there. So Whitney brings this up later. And I mean, I think that was valid to be upset about that. I You know, Lisa said that she doesn't know how Whitney handles grief. And so she didn't want to be like, you know, too touchy. I get that. I think that's fair too. But you can say hello. You can say, hey, good to see you. Hope you're hope you're doing okay. You don't have to be like, hey, are you so sad that your friend died? Like you can just say, hey, like, how are you doing? It's it's feels simple enough. <laughs> but anyway, Lisa is like more focused on what she talked about with Meredith, which was maybe that Whitney said that, you know, she could ruin her life, XYZ, all of that. So Lisa feels like she has a bone to pick with Whitney all of a sudden. And Whitney's like, no, I, I, I literally can't. Like you, <laughs> if Lisa's telling us that she was worried to bring up the grief with Whitney, did she really then think it was the right time to be talking to her about some petty bullshit that happened with Meredith? Like Lisa, my love, use just like, Use your brain just to, just a wee, wee, wee little bit. Come on. <sighs> but anyway, Monica and Lisa also have their little moment. Monica doesn't, she like skirts around apologizing. She says, we went so far left and I want to own that. And then she's saying all these nice things about Lisa. And Lisa's like, wow, you're really good at apologizing. Keep saying things to me. I like this. And it's like, you know what's crazy? Monica never actually said she was sorry. She said things got really out of hand. Things went really far left. And I just wanted to own my part in that. And it's like, right. But you guys aren't like sorry about what you said to each other. You just are like sort of taking a pause in your issues. 
It's it's very strange. Uh, Monica pulls everyone aside for her like food and rum display. Yay, we're going to Bermuda. But then Whitney talks to Lisa about how she was hurt. You know, Lisa sent the flowers. She didn't want to say anything in person, yada, yada, yada. And then all of a sudden, things just get out of hand. And Lisa feels like she's being attacked. She storms off. She's ripping the mic off her body. She's like, oh, you she's like, you want, you want to call me selfish? Like, well, how about fuck you? Like, you know, no, take it off. Take it off. I'm not putting this mic back on. Lisa goes from like a two to a 10 so fast at the end of this episode. And suddenly her issues with Whitney just seem like they have spiraled so inexplicably out of control and in the preview for next week it looks like Whitney and Lisa are kind of the main conflict that's happening on this Bermuda trip and so I'm so I'm so curious to see kind of how this manifests after this initial obviously Whitney in this episode is very upset about what has happened with her friend and so the tensions are high kind of in that specific way and I'm I'm very intrigued to see sort of once Whitney is like a little more normal, how are she and Lisa, like what is, what are they really fighting about? That I think is going to be super interesting. The trip looks like it's going to be great. Um, and I'm excited to see it. And I'm excited for everything else to come. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow the show wherever you listen. Uh, today is Spotify Wrapped Day. And I've seen some of you uh, tagging us in your like top podcasts on Spotify Wrapped. Truly, thank you so much for listening all year. That's amazing. Just, uh, you know, I don't take it for granted. I love, I love seeing that you guys love the podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Bravo by Betches. And until next time, be cool. Don't be all like uncool. Mention It All is produced by Dylan Hafer, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Picot, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Jorge Morales-Picot. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Dylan Hafer and Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Betches.